today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. Instead of judging the issue on its appearance, well, why don't you judge it with righteousness? Make sure that the issue or the circumstance, whatever it may be, the person, make sure it aligns with the Word of God. Make sure it aligns with Jesus Christ. And if it does, then praise God. Go forth, man. Jesus, you guys, will bring division internally within your heart and soul. It's up to you with what you do with what Jesus divides. Many are thrown off by the words of Jesus that state he will bring division. While many speculate over the exact meaning, it doesn't take much to notice the division that comes just by his name alone. In today's message, Pastor Eric teaches us about the spiritual tension that we naturally experience as followers of Christ. Well, let's join Pastor Eric in the book of John, chapter 7, for part two of his message, Jesus Brings Division. Paul said this to the church in Galatia. Absolutely amazing. I've been reading Galatians in my own personal study, and it's blowing me away. It's awesome. But he says this in Galatians 3.19, What the purpose then does the law serve? It was added because of transgressions, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was appointed through the angels by the hand of the mediator. Okay, so here, what is the purpose of the law? It was added because of transgressions. Because no man can hold the law of God because it's perfect and no man is perfect. So the law was there to point us to the seed. The seed of the promise that came to Abraham, which was Jesus Christ. Paul then continues in Galatians 3.24 and he says, Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But the Jews would hold on to the law. They would hold on to the Old Testament as that is the way that you have to live. But that was a way for God to say, hey, you need a Savior, and that Savior is right before you. And they did not see it. They didn't see it. And oftentimes, you guys, as Christians, those who follow Jesus Christ, we can go back into, in a sense, holding on to the law and forget that we have been saved by grace and not by the, the works that we do. And we lose sight of the, what the purpose of the law served, that it was to point to Jesus Christ. Again, the law, the Old Testament, it points to Jesus It points that you're a sinner and that you need the grace of God through Jesus Christ. Now, you might be like, I'm kind of feeling bad because I I mess up all the time, you know? Well, don't feel bad. And and you mess up and you go back to your religious, hardcore uh, rigidness. And you're like, well, you can't do that. You You can't say that in church. You can't do this in church. And you get all rigid, right? Well, don't feel bad because even the apostles became rigid again after Christ ascended into heaven. But Paul went to the apostles and he, again, I'm probably sure it was probably a little bit more direct than more just like, hey guys, come on. You know, he was pretty direct. You know, he was like, you guys got to remember that you were saved from the law. It is about Jesus Christ, man. And the life that you live now is in Christ Jesus. It's not by the law. It's by faith in Christ. What a great word that is to us today because we can easily slip back into the rigidness and religious heart and mindset of this is how it has to be done. You know what has to be done is that we need to accept God's grace in Jesus Christ. 
that's what needs to be done, and everything else will follow. I would encourage you to read Galatians chapter 2. It totally was awesome this week for me. Awesome. The people, though, you guys were confused because they thought that, <laughs> that they were following God in the law. And, and so they, they were thinking, like, well, we, we were following that, but what is this guy talking about? You know? And then Jesus throws in this wrench in verse 19. He says, Did Moses give you the law? Yet none of you keeps the law. Why do you seek and kill me? Now he's speaking in front of a, a multitude of people and within the temple, right? The people would come in and hear him speak. And this is news to him. News to the people that, wait a minute. Who's trying to kill you, Jesus? No one here is trying to kill you. Because the Pharisees and the scribes did not lead on that they wanted to kill Jesus. That was between their little group there. And so they didn't lead on to saying that we wanted to kill them. So the people were confused. What is Jesus saying? Like, why do you want to kill me? No one wants to kill me. You've got a demon in you. Who wants to kill you? But Jesus is going back and he's going to their hearts and he's saying, you know, when I healed the man on the Sabbath, it was at the pool, right? When the lame man couldn't get into the waters and Jesus, you know, made him walk. And it was on the Sabbath. The Pharisees, that's when it all came on, on glued for the Pharisees because he did this work on the Sabbath. And so he points out to the people, all the people, and he's saying, because I'm sure the Pharisees were in there, they, he points out to the people saying, you know what, you guys are so hardcore with the law, and yet you guys are good with circumcising a man on the Sabbath when Moses did it, and, and that's cutting off of the flesh. It's not really a pleasant thing to get circumcised, okay? And here, this is, a, this is a physical, you're taking away from the flesh, but yet I made a man whole on the Sabbath, and you want to kill me. Does that make any sense to you? That's just what's going on in my brain, right? And the people were trying to understand this, right? And he goes, are you angry with me because I made a man completely well on the Sabbath? Because here's the thing. The point that Jesus was making is that both were a work of God. Both of them were a work of God. The circumcision was, was from God because that's what he asked. And then what Jesus did on the Sabbath was of God because he was being obedient to his father. And so Jesus takes this opportunity and teaches and he instructs the Jews to not make a judgment based on the appearance because that's what they were doing. They were seeing Jesus heal the man on the Sabbath and they instantly go and say, that's wrong. That's wrong because it's the Sabbath. No, you guys aren't looking at it with righteous eyes. You're looking at it with the law in your eyes. You're looking at it lawfully. But Jesus is saying to the people, please do not judge according to the appearance. What may look like not lawful is actually being directed and guided by God. Hmm. Interesting. And, and this is the display be, be, of the flesh versus the spirit, the internal division that Jesus brings. Because the Jewish leaders were leaning on the flesh Versus looking past their flesh so that they could see what God was, that God was revealing the Messiah to them. They couldn't get past their flesh. And so Paul writes in Galatians, again, okay, the war between the spirit and the flesh. Check out Galatians 5.17, it'll be on the screen. 
It says, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. The war is between the flesh and the spirit of God. And there is a war going inside of you. And if you don't believe it, well, you should because you're living right now. Therefore, your flesh is warring for the things that it wants to do. Even it wars in religious, uh, siding with religious lawful things versus Lying upon, relying upon the grace of God. There's a war constantly going on. You're at war within yourselves. And the lust of the flesh, you guys, is even present within the church. Because the church, we can be quick to judge. That's not how we do service. What do you mean? I mean, like instantly, okay, it was my flesh right now in the seat. Noah said, at this time, does anybody want to say anything? And I'm like, oh, okay. The spirit led him, right? Because we should be bringing forth praises of God. (laughs) Breathe, right? But that's the example of the flesh. In the church, it happened to me right now. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, yes, better use me as the example, okay? <laughs> so thank you, Noah, for being obedient to the Spirit of God, you know? Even though it was uncomfortable. And she's used to it. I know, it just made me thirsty because I was winded there for a second. Woo! Holy smokes. Okay, thank you for air conditioning. Okay, so the flesh is present even within the church. I mean, it's pretty evident because we come around other churches and they share the gospel a different way than we do, and we're like, you can't share the gospel like that. Why not? Why not? And the cool thing is, is that Jesus practiced what he taught, you know, and, he, and, and it's recorded in Mark, and this is the New Living Translation, okay, uh, in nine, chapter 9, verse 38. John said to Jesus, teacher, we saw someone using your name to cast out demons, but we told him to stop because he wasn't in our group. Mark 9.39, Jesus replies, Don't stop him, Jesus said. No one performs a miracle in my name. Uh, for No one who performs a miracle in my name will soon be able to speak evil of me. Man, <laughs> I can only picture this. I mean, again, the, the apostles, so don't feel bad, okay? Because the apostles, the guys that are hanging with Jesus, did this, Okay. But Jesus was gracious with them, and he just guided them to the truth. I mean, the point being is is that we can't get caught up in judging on the appearance, but we need to take all things to the Word of God and to Jesus Christ. Instead of judging the issue on its appearance, well, why don't you judge it with righteousness? Make sure that the issue or the circumstance, whatever it may be, the person, make sure it aligns with the Word of God. Make sure it aligns with Jesus Christ. And if it does, then praise God. Go forth, man. Jesus, you guys, will bring division internally within your heart and soul. It's up to you 
with what you do with what Jesus divides? What portion will you choose, the flesh or the spirit? Paul said this in Galatians 3.3, Are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? That's a good word for us today in the church. Are you so foolish to think what has begun in the spirit, it can be made perfect in the flesh? Because we ought not to judge by the appearance. Again, the appearance is by the flesh. Judging by the, fle- uh, the appearance is judging with the flesh. Judge, therefore, by what is righteous, and righteous is by the Spirit of God. It is what is being judged, is, that's the issue, you know? And we must not fall into that fleshly desire of saying, well, that goes against what I think. Well, what does God think? <laughs> that's the way that we should be viewing things. Okay, now carrying on. We'll see the example now of external division. We've seen the internal, right? Christ will cut to our hearts through his word, uh, and we have a choice then to either side with the flesh or side with the spirit of God. Pretty awesome. Verse 26, and it says this. I'm going to read it all the way through through 53, so let's get buckled up. (laughs) But look, he speaks boldly, and they say nothing to him. Again, this is the people in the temple. Do the rulers know indeed that this is truly the Christ? They were wanting to know if the leaders knew actually that this was the Christ. Verse 27, however, we know where this man is from. But when the Christ comes, no one knows where he is from. Jesus cried out as he taught in the temple saying, you both know me and you know where I'm from and I have not come from of myself, but he who sent me is true, whom you do not know. But I know him for I am from him and he sent me. Therefore they sought to take him, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. And many of the people believed in him and said, when the Christ comes, Will he do more signs than, than this which this man has done? The Pharisees heard the crowd murmuring these things concerning him, and the Pharisees and the chief priests sent officers to take him. In verse 33, Then Jesus said to them, I shall be with you a little while longer, and then I will go to him who sent me. You will seek me and not find me, and where I am you cannot come. Whew. Then the Jews said among themselves, where does, this, where does he intend to go that we shall fi- not find him? Does he intend to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What is this thing that he said, you will seek me and not find me, and where I am, you cannot come? Well, that sure would spark the heart, right? Uh, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scriptures has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Verse 39, But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Verse 40, therefore many from the crowd, when they heard this saying, said, truly, this is a prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. But some said, will the Christ come out of Galilee? Has not the scripture said that the Christ come from the seed of David and from the town of Bethlehem where David was? So there was a division among the people because of him. 
Now some of them wanted to take him, but no one laid hands on him. Then the officers came to the chief priests and Pharisees who said to them, Why have you not brought him? The officers answered, No man has ever spoken like this man. The Pharisees answered them, Are you also deceived? Have any of the rulers or the Pharisees believed in him? Verse 49, But this crowd that does not know the law is accursed. Nicodemus, he who came to Jesus by night, being one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man before it hears him or knows what he is doing? They answered and said to him, Are you also from Galilee? Search and look, for no prophet has arisen out of Galilee. In verse 53, And everyone went to his own house. Here we see again division amongst the people. The people were trying to figure out what was going on with him. You know, just trying to figure out what Christ is saying. He's saying, you know, I'm going where you cannot come. What is he talking about? Then they're saying, is he the Christ? Well, I'm not sure. He could be the Christ. But I'm thinking he's coming out of Bethlehem. Well, yes, yes, he did come out of Bethlehem, right? He was born there. And, and so they're, they're just trying to, to, to understand what was going on. And, and then they say, well, this, well the, the Christ who is going to come, he's going to perform even more things than this man has done. I mean, guys, the Pharisees wanted to remove Christ from this scene fast. Why? Because the people were talking about Jesus. And the more that they were talking about Jesus, I truly believe that they were starting to figure out who he was because it does say that there was those who believed in him. And so they wanted to get him out of there because the people were focusing on Jesus. They wanted the people to focus on themselves, right? On the Pharisees. And then you guys, Jesus, at the end of the feast, man, this is beautiful. He proclaims, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me, right? Let him come to me. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Man, Christ is just pouring out to the people. And it's a, quite honestly, it's a brilliant move by Christ to just speak forth. That's how cool God is because remember the priest would dump out the water to remember how God would send, how God provided the water. And here God provided Jesus, the living water right in front of the people on the feast where they were celebrating God in his provision of water, not just physical water, but now they have the eternal water right before them. Amazing. And so then you see the, the division amongst the people. He's a prophet. He's from Galilee. The Messiah comes from Bethlehem. Even the Pharisees were divided. There's like, Nicodemus, are you from Galilee too? You idiots, you know? You know, like, no good prophet is coming out of Galilee. And then they all go home, right? <laughs> but here is man is, you know, man is always going to have their opinion, his and her opinion about Jesus right? Some will believe and some will not. Jesus brings division. Jesus said this, you guys, in Luke, do you suppose that I came to give peace on earth? Listen to this. I tell you, not at all, but rather division. From now on, on five in one house will be divided, three against two and two against three. Father will be divided against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter, her daughter-in-law and her daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Christ, as we know, didn't come just to bring forth peace, but he came to bring division. 
And the external division is visible because of the internal division. Jesus will bring division externally because he brings division internally. And when you decide to be divided internally, that will be displayed externally. What does that mean? Please explain. It means this, Jesus cuts your heart and soul. (laughs) If you choose the flesh portion, you will be divided externally to those who choose the spirit portion. You won't want to be around them. You'll think they're crazy. And I saw this the other night on the light rail. As this brother was preaching the gospel, people in the back of him were mocking him because he was bringing forth the truth. Therefore, you have the example. They're internal internally they were divided and they chose to live for the flesh at the moment and their external division is saying i don't want to listen to this crazy man on the on the train preaching god's word okay if you choose the spirit portion of the internal division of christ's word of how he's if you choose to go on that side of it when christ divides your heart then your external would be like this i'm going to be different from the world (laughs) You're going to be divided. You're going to be light. You're going to be salt. There's a division, isn't there? That's what comes forth with Christ, is that he divides. And how you choose to be divided internally will affect you externally. Conclusion. Jesus brings division. Internally and externally. But here's the reality, folks. Family, friends, First-timers, 11th-timers, Jesus Christ has divided our sins at the cross. He has cut them away from us, praise God. Not only for us, but for all mankind. He has divided us from sin. There is that problem that all man has in its sin, and Jesus Christ came and he cut it and he divided us from it. It's up to us to choose it. Do we believe in that? That's up to you. It's not up to me to make that choice for you. It comes down to you. And understanding that Jesus has separated from your evil, sinful desires, and he's separated from your evil passions, the snares that entrap you, Jesus Christ has divided that too. But it's up to us to choose and say, you know what, I'm no longer going to hang on the flesh because I've been cut in the heart by Christ, and I'm going to choose to follow him. And if you do that willingly and turn to him, the Bible says if you confess him as Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen. (laughs) Because that is powerful, man. I just got goosebumps because that is where the power is at. The power is is in what Christ has separated. He has separated us from our evil ways And he has given us the love of God so that therefore we can have eternal life. And if you don't have that this morning, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day for you to receive the gift of God through his grace, through his son, Jesus Christ, and be separated from the evil sin that is going to send you to hell. Because that's what the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We hope the words Pastor Eric shared have encouraged you to learn even more about our Savior and seek His love and hope for your own life. Jesus has the power to change every person's life, wiping sin away and giving back a full life of love and grace. 
If you'd like to know more about Jesus and how you can have a personal relationship with Him, we'd love to tell you more. Please give us a call at 520-723-7047. That number again is 520-723-7047. We have much to share with you about Jesus, and we'd like to join you in prayer as you begin your journey of faith. One thing we'd encourage you in right away is to find a local church in which to get involved. If you are in the Coolidge, Arizona area, we would be thrilled to have you join us here at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Come join us for a time of worship and studying verse by verse through the Bible. You can find our weekly service times, church address, and directions through our website at gracetothehearers.com. You'll also be able to read more about Pastor Eric, our church family, and what we believe. That website again is gracetothehearers.com. That's all the time we have for today on Grace to the Hearers. We're so glad that you joined us, and we hope you'll continue to be blessed throughout your day. Tune in again as Pastor Eric continues teaching through the book of John, right here on Grace to the Hearers.